Welcome, Irish fans, to the post-Clemson Notre Dame podcast. And, whew, man, I hope you were all... <laughs> That's a great response <laughs> to the game. Man, I hope, I hope you were all locked in to irishbreakdown.com because uh, we were going nuts on there. Uh, my mm-hmm. emotions were going nuts in my living room. And I texted you this during the game. It's a good thing that I was not in the press box. I've been mm-hmm. in the press box almost every game since 2004 up until this year with all the craziness. And I've learned to, you know, your fandom, you leave your fandom at the door. You know, there's no cheering in the press box. I would have gotten kicked out of the You press leave box. your outward fandom at the door. That you and correct. I have sat by each other at games before, and I've walked out with bruised legs because you <laughs> yes. keep punching me every time something happens. Like, did you see that? <laughs> and Vince, uh, last night was exactly what you'd expect from number one versus number four. Yeah. It I was did a not great game all. between two great teams. And, of course, for the first time in a long time, we could say that and it be after a Notre Dame win. And, yeah. and that was obviously the big part. This was a – that was a fun – I mean, if you're a college football fan, forget a Notre Dame or Clemson fan. If you're right. just a college football fan, that was an awesome game. No just doubt. a really awesome game and everything you'd hope you'd see from number one versus number four. Well, and the last time I had that feeling walking out of Notre Dame Stadium was in 2005 with the Bush push and USC and Notre Dame. And that was also – I was on the field for that one. Mm-hmm. Rushing, excited, back, not excited anymore. Mm-hmm. And that – you know, it was it was very similar yeah. because the first half was unbelievable. I mean, mm-hmm. outside of the fact that it was field goals instead of touchdowns, everything was falling Notre Dame's way. I mean, it was a great half of football, and then the second half showed up, and I had I, my my emotion level was. I mean, it they just couldn't put it together, and then yeah. you know every time they would get close, and then Clemson would score, and then they. Eh, Clemson would score. You mean Clemson played like champions? Yeah, you know, they, yeah. they kind of yeah. have that Imagine thing going that. on where they Imagine won that. two national titles in the past yeah. two years. So, um, you know, you knew they weren't going to quit. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I knew going into halftime, 10 points wasn't enough. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I, you, you know that Notre Dame could have been about 15 points more than that, right? I mean, yeah. no doubt about it. So, it was uh, – I was on pins and needles the whole second half after Ian Book fumbled it into the end zone. It was pretty much, you know, this game's over. Yeah, I, that, mm-hmm. That's how I felt. Uh, and then to go into overtime, uh, my 13-year-old and I were just going bonkers. I think he was laughing more at me than with me uh, because I was <laughs> all over the place. Um, at one point, I had to put my social media away mm-hmm. because I was watching it on the app, and I was two plays behind. Yeah. And so people are texting me like, oh, man, and, oh, that mm-hmm. was a great play. I'm like, I have no mm-hmm. idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. No, that was very frustrating. But what a game, man. I mean, just yeah. what a game. Big picture. Obviously, it has implications uh, that are great for Notre Dame. You know, give me some of your thoughts as you were walking out of the stadium, walking to your car. What were you thinking after this game? You know, I, I think for me, Vince, it was a situation where – you wanted Notre Dame to win it the right way. And what I mean by that is you didn't want it to be a game where the freshman quarterback went out there, played poorly, turned it over five times, and Notre Dame wins because Clemson was shorthanded. You wanted it to be be a great game, and I expected it to be that way. I did not expect Clemson to to tank. And and as I said to you, as we talked about in last week's podcast, these are the games Clemson's up for. When Clemson loses, it's like the pit – Right. Syracuse, like a game that they're not really locked in for. Clemson doesn't lose these kind of games. And if you go back to the start of the 2018 season, coming into this game, Clemson was 36-1 and 
<laughs> their only loss was to LSU in a title game, which was one of the greatest college football single se- single season college football teams ever. Uh, and Clemson led double digits early in that game. You know, this is a team that just doesn't lose. And if you're going to win, you're going to have to beat Clemson. Clemson's not going to beat themselves. Right. And if you look at it last night, that's really what happened. And, and, you know, one of the things, and I knew this was going to happen, no matter how it went, unless Notre Dame won like 42 to 14, which, which I know, Buddy in the right mind would have no. thought that, that was going to take It was going to be well, you know, with Trevor Lawrence. And then when, when the freshman quarterback played well, uh, it was, well, you know, Clemson didn't miss a beat because, you know, because that kid played well. Neither's true, in my opinion. And, and we're not going to dive into that because we could do a whole show on what would have happened if Trevor Lawrence played. Sure. Well, the what-if game is – Right. Yeah, and we have know. a – we actually – I did a video tonight. I kind of gave my thoughts on that on a, on a YouTube channel, the Irish Breakdown YouTube channel. So check that out. But – you know, for me, Vince, it's, it's, it was what we do know is how these two teams played and, sure. and, and who these two teams had. You know, Clemson would have loved to have Trevor Lawrence and, and Tyler Davis, just like Notre Dame would have loved to have had Braden Lindsay and, and the healthy Kevin Austin. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, you know, you play with what you play with. And, and what I was impressed with last night was Notre Dame won it. It, it wasn't a situation where Clemson Agreed. made a mistake that gave Notre Dame a last-minute chance. Notre Dame's defense made the stop they needed to make to get Notre Dame the ball back. Then the offense made the plays. They scored two touchdowns on Clemson in overtime, and then the defense puts it away. This is a game where Notre Dame earned this win, and that's how you want it to be. Like, you don't want it to be like, well, you know, that team played really poorly, and they made uncharacteristic uncharacteristic mistakes that Notre Dame took advantage of. And Notre Dame caught some breaks. No, Notre Dame earned the win. They sure. battled. They fought. And, and I'll be honest with you, Vince, and this is probably something that not everyone's going to agree with me on, but this is how I felt leaving the stadium. I don't know if Clemson could have played much better than it played last night with its current situation. I mean, sure. I felt Clemson got everything it could have got out of that game because the areas where Notre Dame dominated are areas I expected Notre Dame to dominate. And then – the areas where I thought Notre Dame won matchup advantages are areas where we talked about offensive line versus the Clemson defensive line. Notre Dame got the win. Was it a great battle between the two? Yes, <laughs> Notre Dame was better. Uh, Notre Dame's defensive line dominated the Clemson offensive line. We, we thought that could happen coming in. Uh, Notre Dame's receivers, and especially the matchups against the safeties, we thought that could favor Notre Dame, and it did. So I thought Clemson played about as well as it could have played last night. I don't think the same thing about Notre Dame. Uh, and that's kind of the whole thing about, well, when Clemson gets Notre, uh, Trevor Lawrence back, they're going to smash Notre Dame. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, maybe. I, when I watch – if I'm Brian Kelly and if I'm Chip if – if I'm Tommy Reese, <laughs> if I'm Clark Lee, if I'm Mike Elston, if I'm Jeff Quinn, if I'm all the Notre Dame coaches, I'm sitting in the room tonight saying, man, we should have played better. We yes. could have played better. Left uh, points out there, man. A lot. And so yeah. when I look at this Notre Dame team – you just beat the number one team in the country, a team that had gone 36-1 and one in its last 37 games. And if you – I mean, and their record since 2015 is just incredible. Two national titles. You beat that team and you look at it and you say, we can still play better. Right. We can definitely still play better. And so – and the difference in this game was when Notre Dame got stops, they were earned stops. They were sacks, pass breakups, run stops. It was making a big play to put Clemson in a bad spot. When, when Notre Dame got stopped, it was Notre Dame making mistakes. It was, you're up seven to nothing, 
and you go down the field and you go on a, you're a fourth and one at the you're two about to, about to punch it in and and anyone that watched the first quarter of that game had to had to know that there's no way Clemson is stop. Notre Dame's nope. offensive line pushed Clemson around yep. for the entire yep. game especially early I don't I mean we'll, we'll never know but I feel the odds were quite good Notre Dame was going to at least pick up the first down if not yes. score on that next play and instead you get a false start which is not a Clemson you know play it's you making a mental right. mistake it's freshman a, yeah, making a self-inflicted wound yeah, so instead sure. of 14 to nothing it's 10 to nothing right right and then the next time Notre Dame's on the field you know it's it's uh it's what I think 10 to 7 right Notre Dame goes down the field again Ian Book scrambles he hits Michael Mayer like the two he if he catches that ball he walks Touchdown. into the end zone yep and instead he drops it Notre Dame has to settle for a field goal and then of course Ian Book's fumble. I'd say that's the only one that you could maybe say was Clemson making a play because the, the guy did out strip it. But Ian play. Book's got to do a better job of, of, of protecting that ball. It wasn't and, as and good of a play so. as yeah. – Right. It wasn't as good of a play as, like, let's say, the, the Jeremiah Wusu plays, you know. Um, so you look at it and you say, well, there's, there's a lot of missed opportunities out mm-hmm. there. When you can beat the number one team in the country, uh, you know, a team that's what been in the national championship game for the last five years, and the one year they weren't in the title game – they got beat in the semifinals by the team that won the title, right? That's big-time football. Yeah. And and you outplayed them the entire game. Now, like you expect a champion to do, Clemson battled back, actually took the lead. Uh, there were some mistakes that I think Notre Dame made from a coaching standpoint that we'll get into. Um, but I felt like this was this was uh, a big-time game. And, and the big thing for me, Vince, was – what, what something you and I have been talking about for a long time, which is for Notre Dame to be a championship contending team, they have to get back to playing big boy football. And big boy football at Notre Dame is you win in the trenches. Why did Notre Dame beat Florida State in 1993? Why did Notre Dame beat Florida State, Miami in 1988? Because those teams dominated in the trenches. And those teams could somewhat neutralize any athleticism advantages that an opponent might have by dominating in the trenches. Yeah. And last night, Notre Dame had the better line play on both sides of the ball. And, and it was a situation where when you can do that, where you can physically be better than your opponent, that, that's, that's where you, a team like Notre Dame can say, hey, we're really good. We didn't need onside kicks and trick plays, and we didn't need right, right, rolling. Right. You know, we may, we'll make our own plays. You yes. know, and um, and that was that was a really the the really impressive part. That doesn't mean Clemson played perfect. I mean, you know, Travis Etienne bobbles that ball, but there are name me another linebacker in the country that could have got to him that fast where he would have been able to pick it up and run it back. Well, and look, that's the, my point. The reason he bobbled it is because he took his eyes off the ball because the number six was in his face. <laughs> Nobody else has a guy like that, in my opinion. I'm sorry, and, they just don't. And in in the post game, he said, "Look, we knew that play." And he said, Sean Crawford told me that because we, we saw it coming. We, we saw it on film. He told me, hey, this is what's coming. So he mm-hmm. goes, as soon as the ball was snapped, I'm in there. Right. And that's why he fumbled. It wasn't a mistake by ETN that it just so happened that Jeremiah right. was there. And he's right. Just, that's no. making a play. Absolutely. That's making a play. Yes. No yeah. question. Yeah, and so that's, that's the fun things. part about it, Vince. Is it, it, just, it was a great game. And Notre Dame had to earn it. Yes, and they, they had to fight to earn it, and they had Nothing to overcome adversity, <laughs> and uh, and they did it. And yeah. you know, it was just a, it was a great, great. It, 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 you know, it's kind of like 
we've seen this story play out before with Notre Dame and Clemson and then Notre Dame and Georgia and then, you know, Notre Dame, Florida state, you know, and, and it was like, I'll be honest with you, Vince, when, when, when Clemson, when Notre Dame missed that fourth and seven with Ben Skoranek, I started writing my post game story. Yeah. I thought it was over. I didn't think Notre Dame yeah, was I did. I'm not gonna lie. I did. Yeah, and, so. and when they got the ball back with, with, uh, it was a like minute, minute 48 something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At their own nine. I said, well, let's see what they do. But I, I still kind of was writing in between that series. Yeah. But as soon as that series started, I stopped writing because, okay, so, so I, was in, I was in Athens last year for the Notre Dame-Georgia game. And I remember when Notre Dame got the ball at the end at midfield with two minutes <laughs> it, left. Yeah, it was just a little bit over. And I just yeah. felt, nope. I had no confidence that, that team was going to – was when they just – you could just see it. I mean, look, I, I, I'm a coach. I've been around football a long time. You can see it. Body you can language. See, I, I remember – I rem- I've used this example. You know, when I was a young coach, we played Mount Union in the, the third round of the national playoffs. And, and, and our guys stepped on that field, and, and we thought we could win. Mount Union knew they were going to win, and you could tell the difference. And that's an example. When, when, when Notre Dame stepped on the field last year against Georgia with that chance to win it at the end, offensively, they hoped that they could do something. So did I. They didn't really believe it. And you yeah. could just see it. No. When they stepped hope. on the field last night, you could just see kind of the way Ian Book ran on the field, the way the offense ran on the field. There was a sense of purpose. You could see it, Vince. And I said, oh, okay, let me see what they can do. Okay, it's one thing to do it, but you, now you got to go execute sure. against a really good defense. And they did. They just kept making play after play after we'll, play. We'll get into that drive at the end. Yeah, and, and, and that, was, that was the thing for me is like this team has a little something different. And th- that was the difference between, you know, the, the closest we've got to that was the, the 2014 game against, against uh, Florida State. Because I still feel like Notre Dame won that game. Yes, they had that game taken away from them, but um, th- but they had a similar situation last night. It was a, a really bad officiating call that looked like it was going to cost Notre Dame the game. But and if the defense doesn't make a stop and Clemson gets a first down, it's it's ball game. Absolutely, um, and, I mean, the, and the only, it's just a great team win, Vince. Yeah, no, I completely. The only place that you can say that uh, something maybe was gifted to them or it was a mistake on Clemson's part was the way they handled the clock there the last time they had the ball yeah, and again that's just who they are i mean teams like tempo sure. teams are just that's just who they are i mean yeah but, I, I agree with that but to leave that much time on the clock you know allow notre dame to have two timeouts mm-hmm. but they still had to go i think 90 yards or whatever 91 yeah. yeah so 91 yards I, that's not an easy thing to do i don't care what defense mm-hmm. is on the other side especially mm-hmm. clemson so yeah let, let let's start to dissect this thing a little bit um we'll start on the offensive side Overall thoughts on the offense, kind of how – because, look, if if you're asking me, my thoughts on the offense changed from half to half to the overtime. Yeah. You know what I mean? It went Mm -hmm. from here to here, back up to here again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Play calling, execution, all of it. So um, I'll let you kind of lead this thing off, your overall thoughts on the offense. Well, I know your thoughts because we talked about it. So I'm kind of speaking for the both of us here. Um, I thought early on I I loved – what I saw from Tommy Reese. I yes. saw balance. I saw aggressiveness. I thought, hey, we're going to lean on our big boys and we're going to keep them off balance. Took shots early. Um, you know, not only just like design shots, but also, you know, just really attacking outside, attacking inside. He really had Clemson on, on his heels. 
And then like great coaches do, and we, we talked about this, Clemson's going to make adjustments at halftime. Of course they are. And I felt like my frustration in the second half was Notre Dame did not react to what Clemson did in reaction to Notre Dame starting so well against them. You know, Clemson started loading the box. He started running a lot of really aggressive run stunts, just trying to fill up all the gaps. Safeties were creeping downhill, and they weren't doing things offensively to attack that. You know, we talked about this. We said this was going to happen on Thursday. And what is Tommy Reese going to do when that happens? If you run yeah. the ball effectively early, this is what they're going to do. And then Notre Dame didn't have an answer for it. I agree. Really until the final drive. So, you, you know, you're talking about uh, – and honestly, even after the first quarter, you know, because Notre Dame's only touchdown in the second quarter was a defensive one. You know, I mean, they got a ball on a fumble. They get the ball at 25, and they end up kicking a field goal Another after field goal. losing a bunch of yards. Yeah. And I felt like the mistake Coach Reese made in this game was in the second half, he allowed Clemson to dictate what he was going to do as opposed to kind of the counterpunch of, uh, okay, you want to do this? Then here's what we're going to do to hurt you. We're going we're gonna to screen you. We're going to run a tunnel screen. We're going to do something to try to take advantage of your hard charging. You know, something that, that I'd love to see is, you know, put Chris Tyree in the game. And instead of running the reverse, which you showed him on film last week, you know, maybe you run a tunnel screen where they, they you know, let them blitz upfield and let your lineman just hit a little quick, you know, screen behind it. Do something like that with Tommy Re Tommy Trumbull, you know. And so uh, I didn't feel like – and then they, they, they just kind of abandoned the inside runs for a little while there. I mean, Notre Dame only carried the ball nine times. They carried the ball over 20 times, so I think 144 yards in the first half. Yep. They only had nine called run plays in the second half. Right. And, and to me, that's not balance. You, and, again, that's, right. not, that's, not, that's you letting the defense dictate to you what you're going to do, and, and that's a mistake that a lot of young coordinators make, and I think that he made that last night. Uh, but I also think they kind of bounce back, and in, 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 in I think – I think that, you know, they got that long touchdown drive. I'm not going to ask for balance when you're down, you know, a touchdown with a minute 48 left and you've got to go 91 yards. Yeah, right? no. I mean, but you got into overtime and, you know, they, they ran the ball well. They moved the pocket a little bit. Uh, but I really thought also the offensive line really stepped up in the, in the overtime period too. But so it's a little bit up and down. But, but you know, I, I think that even when he went away from the run, I did think that Tommy Reese stayed aggressive. They kept trying to attack down the field with the pass game. It's just that they weren't really putting themselves in positions to execute as, as effectively because of what Clemson was doing, and they weren't doing things to hurt Clemson and say, hey, you want to do this? Then we're going to do this to you, and, it, and, and it's going to make And then you can get it. back to what you were doing in the first place. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Right. But, you know, but again, you're, you have a first-year coordinator. Right? Sure. This is his first big game moment. Uh, Tommy Reese didn't play in a lot of games like this when he was a player either. No, so, that's a good point. I mean, you know, so uh, so so a, a learning experience. Uh, but I thought I thought overall, I, I thought that they played with a great deal of confidence on yes. offense last night. And part of being a good coaching staff is not just calling good plays. What what have I said for years? I don't care if you're a mediocre play caller. What really makes you a great coordinator, what really makes you a great coaching staff is can you get your guys ready to play Monday to Friday? And sure. so, yes, there's some things. If I was sitting down with Tommy Reese tonight, I would nitpick a lot of things uh, before he had, you know, security escort me off campus um, <laughs> for being there trying to tell him what plays to run. Uh, but what I would give him a ton of credit for is whatever you guys did during the week, your boys were ready to play. 
Yeah. Your boys played hard. And even when they weren't, they were making mistakes. It was never a, it was never a head down. Oh no, here we go again. Mentality. That was never there. You could see it. That was never there. And, yeah. and that's why on that, because when, when you get to that, there's nothing that can happen. that's getting you out of that. Right. You, you, once you're there in a game, you're there. So you wouldn't have had the 91 yard drive if they were there. They never got there. It was always a, we got this. Mm-hmm. And you know what we said on, on, in the podcast on Thursday, what I said in my game prediction on, on Friday was I just feel at the end of the game, this is going to be on Ian book shoulders to go down and win the game. And I think he's going to do it. And he did. And it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. It was great to watch. I, I felt one of the, one of the feelings I had after the game was I felt so good for Ian book. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, look, he's taking heat from all kinds of people. He said he deservedly deleted. so. No, no doubt way. about it. Look, we we're not going to pick on a kid just to pick on a kid. I mean, that that's not. Right. I do that in my classroom. I'm not going right. to do. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, he has taken it. Yeah. And and he he said, look, guys, I got this. And mm-hmm. he was he was supremely confident. You can yeah. tell the way he was playing. He battled. That's what one yeah. of the words you like to use a lot. He battled that entire game. Yeah. And even after he fumbled into the end zone and I pretty much wrote the game off, mm-hmm. it's like nothing happened. I mean, he played like nothing happened to him. And I, yeah. that's, that's a credit to him. Yeah. And, and it's a credit to the coaching staff because many of the players, Ian Book included, said, look, the coaches have been telling us all along, we're going to win this game. Right. You know, we had a plan for when the the, the fans were going to rush the field. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he told me I'm going to drive us down at the end of the mm-hmm. game to win it. You know, it's that once you get told mm-hmm. things enough, you yeah. start to believe it. And see, that right there is why I wrote the article two weeks ago about Brian Kelly and why I was so ticked at what he was saying publicly last week before the game. Kind of, yeah. Because it's kind of like he was for, – for a minute there, it seemed like he was embracing it. And, and yeah. my concern was – you know, are, are we going to see what we always see in big games? Look, it was obvious based on what the players were saying after the game, how they played that Brian Kelly did not treat this like it's just another game. No, he, he, he did gave, He gave lip service to it. And so that was good to see because that was my fear. When he, when he, two weeks ago before Georgia Tech, he started talking about like, we know what's coming and, and, and we know what, we know what the moment is. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, he finally is embracing. And then last week he got all defensive and all those kind of things. And it's like, you know, come on coach, because this, that's how he would be before other big games. But you know, whatever he was doing there and whatever he's doing on the practice field, the reality is his players were confident. And I I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. But I also think something that you and I have talked about in the past, Vince, which is you don't overcome this COVID off season, canceling a game, doing all those things without great leadership on your football team. Yeah. And that leadership doesn't just impact your ability to make sure you stay focused during COVID. It also impacts your ability to, to weather the storm that, that was going to come. When Notre Dame went up 23 to 13, I did not say, ha, ball game. No. <laughs> All you've done now is piss Clemson off. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> right. they're going to come out swinging. Yeah. And what happened against Boston College the week before is Boston College, when Clemson came back out and Boston College didn't know what to do. And, and they folded in the second half. Notre right. Dame took that punch. Yeah. They got knocked down and they and came they back it. up. Yeah, it just kind of like it. reminded me like a Rocky fight, you know, where yeah. like where Rocky gets knocked down and it's like, uh-oh, <laughs> you just ticked them off. Well, we knew that about Clemson, but what we didn't know was that Notre Dame would do the same thing right. back at Clemson. Right. You knocked us down, but now all you've done is, is, is uh, strengthen our resolve. And 
I think it was a it was such a great team performance, you know, and I think that the offense played with confidence knowing their defense could make plays. Their defense played with the confidence that they thought their offense would make plays. And, you know, that's what champions do. And and when you look at the play of Ian Book, there's a lot of things that he he left a lot of plays out there. Uh, sure. I mean, he just he did. And 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 there were reads he missed. I thought early on it was there was two plays, especially earlier, where I thought he should have thrown the ball to Tommy Trumbull. And then there was another play where he threw it to Tommy Trumbull, but the read probably should have taken him to a crossing route. But the difference is, is when he wasn't making those reads early, it wasn't a I see it, but I'm afraid to throw it. No, it wasn't that His at all. progressions were not taking him where he needed to go quickly enough. Mm-hmm. Or or it just was t- you know, it was one of those things where okay, he just missed that one, which quarterback's going to do. It's, it wasn't an unwillingness to attack. Right. Uh, and that's then, been our criticism of him all Exactly. Along. Because the, and the reason I say that is because he did attack in other instances. You know, the Javon McKinley back shoulder. The Javon – he threw – he hit two post routes last night. When was the last time Ian Book hit two post routes in a game? <laughs> no you know? doubt. Um, and, 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 and the other thing was on, that, on the one to Javon McKinley, it wasn't great throw. It was underthrown, but and that's my thing. It's like, but with, just put it, do it right. You had the th- you had the back shoulder to Javon McKinley, you had the post route to Javon McKinley. You had two deep balls to Ben Skronik. Neither of them were complete, right? Uh, but you had you had he w- he went after it. Yes. He attacked sometimes. Yes. Yeah, look, what's the old expression? You you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. <laughs> right. Well, last night Ian Book missed some shots, whether it was not making the right read or whatever, but he was aggressive, and and that it, let and like the the throw to McKinley was like a third and eight. Or yeah. not McKinley, but uh, Tremble. And I don't think he made the right read. If he hits the crossing route, that guy catches and runs. And it's an easier but, throw, too. Exactly. But he threw that drag to Tremble with conviction. And it was well covered. He let him. He threw it on time He because he, he threw it before the other defender could get there. Right. He threw it on time. He threw it with conviction, and he threw it accurately. And, and you had texted me about this during the game. When Ian Book's playing confidently – he played, he throws accurately. Yeah. And we saw that last night. So even when he was making the wrong read, he was throwing with the conviction yeah. needed to make plays. And I've and this is what we've been talking about a long time. So now the question moving forward is, and we won't talk too much about this, is can he now build on this? Does sure. this is this the game that finally gives him the confidence to play like this all the time? I hope so. Uh, or is he going to kind of revert back? We don't know the answer to that. No, we yet. don't. Because I thought he played with this kind of moxie two weeks ago against Pitt, and then he regressed back against Georgia Tech. So I'm hoping that this is the kind of thing that makes him say, "Hey, dude, you got the monkey off your back, man. Now right. just go play ball." You just beat the number one team in the just, country yes, at your own just, house, man. Just That's... go out and play ball. Because how you get upset by Boston College is by being conservative not taking chances, right. those kind of things. If you're aggressive against Boston College, you're going to win and you're going to win convincingly because you have way better players than they do at yes. almost every position. Correct. So that was what I liked to see for me in book last night. And, and the fumble and how he responded to it, even, even on plays he wasn't making, the fumble, it reminded me a lot of the LSU game back in 2017. Because everybody remembers Ian Book's third 19 throw to Miles Boykin, and they remember sure. his touchdown pass to Miles Boykin. But a lot of people forget is he had a terrible interception in the third quarter against LSU with Notre Dame driving. And the offense was doing nothing up to that point in time. And that's why that turnover against LSU was so crushing because you're like, that was your, like, your only scoring that chance. That was it, yeah. Well, what we saw from that Ian Book back then was that turnover kind of pissed him off. Mm-hmm. And he went out and played really well the rest of the game. 
I saw that same kind of mindset from him on Saturday, where in the past when Ian Book would struggle earlier, he'd make a mistake. It's kind of like he went to the tank. This was in 2019 and early this year. And the reason I've said in the past that if we saw the 2018 version of Ian Book last year or this year, Notre Dame would be really good because that Ian Book was confident. That was the Ian Book we saw back in 2018 where he fumbles early against Northwestern. And he doesn't rattle him. He goes out and makes big plays. You know, uh, uh, Northwestern blocks a punt to make it 24-21, all the momentum. And Ian Book just leads him right down the field for the game-clinching touchdown, right? Like, that Ian Book had a level of confidence we haven't seen in a, really since the, the last Clemson game. Right. He didn't have it in that game. And we haven't seen it since. We saw it last night. And, and that that mindset of – you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's almost kind of like you shouldn't have done that. Right. <laughs> well, you it was like, done that. Right. Like, like we talked about Trevor Lawrence throwing that pick six uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You know, when like, they were losing and it's like the the worst thing they could have done is picked off Trevor Lawrence yes. and taking it back. To what the, was it Georgia tech? Know. Right. They picked yeah. them off early in the game or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Something I don't like remember that. if they scored on it, but I just remember they picked them off early. Yeah. And, I think it was and, a pick six, but either way it, it was, was like, Probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, that was because he. I think he threw like five touchdowns in the first half. After that, it was just yeah, like, you know. yeah. It was like and, and we saw that kind of moxie for me and Book last night. And that's great. my thing is when he plays like that, he can be really good. Yeah, it's just the frustrating thing is we don't see that consistently enough, and we definitely don't see it in big games. Well, we're not going to be having that conversation now, but you know because Correct. he did it. Now, now yep. he's got to keep doing it. You know, sure. We may have it after well, there's a game. Gonna, and there's going to be more big games coming. <laughs> Correct, because the yes. schedule gets tougher. There's nothing like this, but, you know, I think, that, I think that that's something that I think you can build on. And hopefully he does. And this next week's game is going to be part of that. I think the schedule sets up nicely for that, but we'll get into that when we do the BC podcast. But, but I thought it was good, and I thought it was a great you – know, I thought the offensive line, to me, Vince, though, was the star of the game. I mean, I just <sighs> thought – you know, I just thought their ability to just push – I mean, they pushed Clemson around. And those – they were young up front, you know, the Clemson D, uh, defensive line, but they are good. Yes. Those, those guys were good. Mm-hmm. He, if you didn't tell me that two of those guys were true freshmen, I would have mm-hmm. laughed in your face. Yeah. Okay. Because those guys are five star, you know, the, the number 11 for Z, I think was his yeah, last name. Something like that. He was yeah. the number one recruit in yeah. the country. Miles okay. Murphy was a top 10 player. Yeah. And that's the year. same recruiting class as DJ Uyunglele. So, yeah. <laughs> they did okay in that class. They did okay in that class. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So uh, this was a big moment yeah. for this offensive line because, like we said in the podcast prior, the last, t- the last game, in my opinion, where Notre Dame had this kind of, uh, you know, you're the number one offensive line, you need to go in there and take, you're going to run this ball, blah, 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 was the Michigan game. Yeah. And, and they basically didn't show up. Whatever well, they haven't done that the last few times. They didn't play well against Georgia in 2019. Right. They didn't play well against Georgia in 2017. Uh, they didn't play well against Clemson in 2018. They played okay, but they didn't play great. Last night, the offensive line said, "Yeah, write us." And they we, said, we, the, yeah. "They set the tone early because yeah. that 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 65-yard touchdown run was a gaping hole." I mean, yeah, and it wasn't again. It wasn't a Clemson mistake. They tried to stunt. No. This is what they do. Notre Dame caught the stunt. Liam yeah. Meikenberg sees it immediately, goes to the second level, doesn't get confused by it, goes to the second yes. level, drives the linebacker off. Aaron Banks gets his eyes inside when he sees the when he sees the guy slant. He got his eyes inside, expecting a looper because that's what they do. Which told me they're prepared for this. Game. Yes, it's and they're mentally prepared. They've seen. They've they've practiced that. And, and that was and one of our complaints last perfectly. year. 
Correct. Brian, they just kind of did what they did. It, it didn't feel yeah. like they were prepared for specifics mm-hmm. to the other yeah. team. Correct. You know, they just did their offense and correct. You know, they, they weren't ready for specifics, and and it appeared like they were ready. Yeah. Because they, uh, and I know we're talking about the run game, but I want to talk about the pass game. Well, it's too. kind of more talking just the offensive line in general. Yeah, the offensive line, including Kyron Williams, that. <laughs> I mean, he ran the ball very, very well. I mean, very well. Don't get me wrong. But his blitz pickups were the star of the show for him. Dude, he I got mean, hit harder in, blitz, in pass protection than he did when he was running the ball. The, I mean, he sacrificed they, his body on numerous did. occasions. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's, that's you know, the thing, the thing is, that's the kind of guy that a, an offensive line is going to love. You know, like, like, you know, Hey, you know, we're asking, we're going to, we're going to smack people in the face every play when you got to do it, you got to do it. And, and I even thought like in pass protection, Vince, you know, Clemson's going to get to the quarterback from time to time. And and there was a period around the third quarter where I thought the pressures were really getting to Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, But they made, they where they made adjustments that were good were in protection. I thought they made some protection adjustments that then kind of forced started forcing Clemson to go outside and that's when Notre Dame started step, Ian Book started stepping into the pocket. But then if they want to, you know, if you want to slant inside and you ride him hard inside and the Ian Book is going to get outside. And instead of doing that spinning thing he used to do in the past, he was calmly stepping out, keeping his eyes downfield. Yeah. He was making plays on the run. He wasn't, you know, he, he would, and then by, by the fact that he was doing that, then all of a sudden Clemson has to start respecting that. And then they, you know, then he could kind of take it and run. So it just was a, a great all-around performance by the line. I thought that, you know, they, look, they gave up two sacks. But, again, you're going to give up sacks to Clemson. But, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. You know, but they only had two, which tied their lowest total of the season. And Notre yeah, Dame yeah. had over ten more pass snaps in that game than Syracuse did when the last time Clemson only got two. I mean, they came after this game with 28 sacks. Yeah. Uh, and, and their sacks were there. But they, there wasn't a whole lot of other plays where, you know, there were plays where Ian Book was affected. But on a lot of those plays, he was affected, but he wasn't hit. Right. He wasn't touched, which meant he could slide around. He could throw the ball away. He could take off running. He could hit a check down, wherever the case may be. And those kind of plays where you're getting four to six on first down are, are going to be plays that come back to, to have a big impact. But, you know, I mean, you talk about Notre Dame running for over 200 yards. Last time Clemson gave up over 200 yards in a game was the 2016 national title game against Alabama. Yeah. Uh, a game Clemson won, by the way. Uh, Notre Dame had 195 yards in regulation in the last two years. Only one team's had more yards in a game in regulation against Clemson than that. And that happened to be this team in Columbus, Ohio, that had this guy named J.K. Dobbins at running back in the semifinal game last year. Ran for 196 yards uh, against against Clemson. So uh, it was really just a tremendous performance. And, and, yeah, this isn't the same Clemson defense. We talked about this. But they're not the same Clemson defense because of their pass defense. Not because of their run defense. Their run defense has been pretty good this year. Yeah, and and Notre Dame worked them when they stuck with it. They worked them, and that's the you know, and we already talked about that. But that was that was the big issue I had was that yeah. they didn't stick with what was working. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a little too pass happy. Um, but yeah, you're right. Offensive line played great. Um, wide receivers. I I was actually I think the wide receivers stepped up. I mean, yeah. we we've been talking about the wide receivers as you know the weak spot on this offense and you know, all these different things. But I thought, number one, they stepped up in the pass game, but they also blocked their butts off. And that's uh, one thing they have been doing all year. They have you been. You're right. For, even when they're not making plays in the, in the pass game, they were still blocking well. Yes, I which agree. Which is why they were in, on, on the field. Um, you know, Vince, I wrote an article, I think it was before the Georgia Tech game. I said, look, we've seen everything we need to see from the pass offense this year to be really good. The problem 
because we haven't seen it all in one game. Correct. And, you know, some games we see the tight ends make plays, and then other games they don't. One game Javon McKinley makes play, we see nothing from Avery Davis or Ben Skronik. One game Ben Skronik makes big plays, but then Javon McKinley doesn't do anything. A bunch of drops, yeah. Just wasn't – and then the games where I thought the receivers were playing well, Ian Book just wasn't willing to attack, right? Last night it was like kind of all on the same page. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Javon McKinley played like a top 100 recruit. Yeah. Which is, you know, what, what he was. What he was, uh, yeah. You know, and Ben Skoranek played good complimentary football, although he was the one guy on offense that I thought had some big mistakes of the veterans. That, that drop at the end of the game the, the, was, was and huge. And when they had the ball first down after, the, after Jeremiah Wusu's forced fumble, he gets that illegal block yeah. that sends him back 15 yards. It was close, but why? Right. Right. And and so, you know, but, but then he also made some plays, you know, it wasn't like he only played bad. He, he, you, you got to look, was the ball a little high. Yeah. But you got to make that catch. It's four four to seven. Two weeks ago, twice. Right. So, so so again, I'm not going to crush him for it because we've seen him make that play. He just, he didn't make it last night, you know, but then Avery Davis doesn't get targeted much until the last couple drives. And then he makes big time plays, you know, and, and that post route that's okay. So you guys want to know why, I focus so much on route running because that's the difference between that corner is playing. So understand this, the, the, the safety, I think it was the safety might've been a nickel. He's playing with his butt to the sideline, which means he's going to let you take the post. And if you take the post or the seam, he's just going to squeeze on you and yeah, maybe right you underneath. complete yeah. it. And it's a 30 yard game. Most likely he, he breaks it up. Right. So that's why the route manipulation that I always talk about is so important that we just don't see a lot. So that, it, you know, it's post corner. That was a corner post. He knew I had to, so, so when I've, when you've heard me, if anyone's heard me write, seen me write or heard me talk about, you have to attack the leverage of the defender. And the reason that is important is because the leverage of the defender is going to tell you what he's guarding against. If he's playing you inside, it's because he doesn't want you to go inside. And the way that he was playing Avery Davis is like, I'm not letting you get beat me on an outcut or a corner out, which is what Notre Dame runs a lot of from the slot, you know, things like that. And I'm going to, I'm going to play the post. Right. So by stemming him as hard as he did outside, that forced the corner to say, okay, I got to now open and cover you outside. And then he stuck him back to the post. And that's route, that, is, that is route precision 101. And that's the difference between an incomplete pass or a 25-yard gain and a 53-yard gain that completely changes the makeup of that football game. And then a couple of plays later, you know, he's covered initially, works back inside, shows some savviness, and then Ian Book hits him. That's another play that I, I don't know if Ian Book makes all the time. Right. And last night, again, game on the line, he, that wasn't an easy ball to hit. That was a contested I, throw. I think Ian runs that ball more often than not. And doesn't score. Correct. Yes, and doesn't score. And, right, and no, so, I agree. Yeah, and, and, and I thought the clock management at the end of the game was a whole lot better than the clock management at the end of the first half, which was, again, another example of I don't think Notre Dame played a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination. You know, when we talked, when they ran the clock down and they had a chance maybe to get a field goal out of it and they just let the clock run and then Ian Books takes off running instead of throwing the ball away. And there's just, that was just terrible clock management. It just kind of gets back to the fact that Notre Dame left a lot of points in the field. You know, so that, many. that was another th- an opportunity for, for three points. So instead of attempting a 59 or whatever it was yard field goal, maybe you 57. can get another 10 yards and, and now you're in Jonathan Doerr's zone. He's going to be a school record if he hit it. Right. So, you know, so th- those are things where you, you had those missed opportunities that as a coaching staff, you can clean that stuff up. And then, of course, they didn't make that same mistake, you know, and they didn't rush on. Here's the key. 
one of the hardest things to do in a two minute drive is finding the balance between going fast and rushing. Sure. And when you rush, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to see pre-snap. I didn't see the safety. So I threw this route and I didn't see the safety backside and he, he picked it off. So you always wonder too much. Like, how did he, how did he throw it right to the safety? Well, cause I was in a rush. I didn't get, I, yeah. I, I made my pre, I made my, uh, my call side read, but I didn't make my backside read effectively enough. And that's how mistakes happen. Well, last night they were poised, but there was a sense of urgency to yeah, it. For sure. But it was also not rushed. They say, you know, we have time, but let's make sure we're executing. And, and it was really just an excellent drive, but you know, you, you, it doesn't work if guys don't step up. And here's something I, I really liked about last night. And it applies to the defense too, but mainly the offenses. Ian Book made a huge, huge mistake in this game that could have cost Notre Dame the game. Uh, Tommy, uh, Michael Mayer made two huge mistakes in the first half mm -hmm. that could have cost Notre Dame the game. And in both instances, when given the opportunity to make up for those mistakes, they both did. And I think that's another example of the makeup of a team with heart. And, and it, Ian Book kept going back to Mayer. Correct. Because correct. You, well, and, as and a fifth-year so senior. so did Tommy Reese. Well, good point. You're, good point. Yeah. But a fifth-year senior and a true freshman, you're like, okay, kid, moment's yeah. too big for you. I'm going to somebody else. And, what, and, and look, and I've hammered Brian Kelly about not playing freshmen at certain spots. And I'm not changing that because I would say, hey, you know what? Maybe if you had Jordan Johnson ready to go or Xavier Watts, maybe you could have made a couple more plays last night. But – you know, so, so it's not like, oh, because they won and all these other things don't mean anything anymore. No, but, they still I'll, mean something. Yeah. but I'll say this. He didn't take them Ryan out. Ryan Kelly's always had a shorter leash with younger players than he Absolutely. does better players. Absolutely. That's I why would Kyron not Williams have been, got like yeah. one snap last year. Well, that's – yeah. I yeah. know, but – I would not – would you have been shocked at all if after those two mistakes, if Brian Kelly would have said, play Brock Wright more? Shocked? I can't deal with Trent with Mayer making these mistakes. Shocked? No. Ticked off? Absolutely. But would you have been surprised if he no, made that mistake? Not at because all. of why? Because of his past. But you know what Brian yeah. Kelly did last night? Stay the course. Yeah. And that's what you need from a head coach on game day. Stay Absolutely. the course. And 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 I thought Brian Kelly handled it masterfully. Yeah. He really did it. And um, you know, and, and it, I think it allowed for a win. And and that's why that team plays so confidently. You know, so what did I report a couple weeks ago? And that's what came out after the pit game is Brian Kelly told him, Hey guys, stop stop worrying about making mistakes. Just go out and play. And when you can do that, you play so loose. You play so right. much Because faster. Notre Dame made huge mistakes in the yeah. first half of last week's game. Ian Book made a huge mistake in the third quarter fumbling that football. Huge mistakes that a lot of times get you beat by the number one team. No doubt. And, and it was and, late and look, in the game. So. They don't want to test their luck and do it again in December 19th. <laughs> no, but, no. But, you know, but the point is you made those mistakes, and instead of just crushing them, it just just stay the course, stay yeah, the course, stay I the agree. course. And the result was Notre Dame going out, and, and every and Jeremiah Wusu had the same situation. The the series before his forced fumble that he returned for a touchdown, he made two horrible plays. One was on a play where he went to make a tackle, and uh, it would have been like a three yard gain on a quick slide route. Totally, and he whipped. misses the guy, and then yeah. three more people miss. And next yeah. one was twenty something yard gain. Uh -huh. Then he missed another tackle later, and I, I think. I think uh, Clemson got a field goal out of that drive. Yeah, I think, I think you're and right. And then the next drive, just he's like, okay, I'm ticked now. And I'm going to – and <laughs> so the next two series, he goes out and makes two game-changing plays. You know, one was the fumble he returned for touchdown. And then the next plus series, he gets, he gets beat on a slant route on third down, and he closes behind the guy and strips it. I yeah. mean, perfect strip, too. I mean, it's just textbook. 
you know, textbook, a good transition because uh, yeah. we're going to start talking defense. Yeah. So, so but but just <laughs> to see this team make the mistakes and get, I mean, guys got beat. Corners they got did. beat. They did. And and the only guy that really got punished for it was Treat Bracy. But honestly, I'm okay with that. Sometimes if a guy's not playing well, you you know, some you, you got somebody else play him. And they uh, ended up doing that because right. Cla- yeah, Clarence Lewis right. came in. Right, because Tariq's mistakes were were continuing, and and so and he's kind of been in and out of the lineup. So again, it wasn't like they just every time a guy makes a mistake, don't worry, pat him on the head. That's not what we're talking about. Right. I'm sure, Michael Mayer got told, you better get your you know head on straight, buddy. But you say that, but then you go back to him. You know, right. and and we've seen him do that a couple other times this year. Kyron Williams following the ball against Florida State, and they give it right back to him. Give it right back to him. Yeah. You know, last week against Georgia Tech, same kind of thing. So. Um, I think that creates a sense of, hey, coach has got my back that I don't know if we've sure. always seen at Notre Dame. No, completely agree. And, uh, and that was a big part of it. So, I mean, offensively, I think there's, a, there's still another level they can get to. There's another level they need sure. to get to, honestly. Because, um, you know, there, there's another team that they're playing in three weeks that has the kind of offense that could say, you, you, better, you better bring your A game offensively because I don't care how well the defense plays. If that team's on – that's yeah. North Carolina. Well, if that yeah. team's on, you better bring it. So, and then this, you know, upcoming Saturday against Boston College. Well, I don't think that. I think matchup wise, I think BC is going to have a tougher time um, with it than uh, than um, uh, than North Carolina because matchup wise, I don't think they have the run game. They don't have the right. offensive but line. But North Carolina's offense, number one, you're on the road again. Right. You know, Big, on a Friday. On a Friday. It's a day, day after, after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of, you know, we always talk about the intangibles, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the intangibles, in my opinion, go against Notre Dame. Right. Uh, because they're on the road and all that different right. thing. So, you know, we'll talk about that one when it gets a little bit closer. But, yeah, you're right. It, it, it's it's They're not a complete team right? by any stretch of the imagination. They meaning North Carolina, but mm-hmm. Notre Dame needs to – they can't just sleepwalk through that one. Yeah, Notre, not, but, the, my, but my point was Notre Dame's not there yet either. Correct. And I that's, agree. That's the thing is like this wasn't that arrived moment for Notre Dame last night, and this was meant to be a compliment. This is meant to be an encouraging thing. Sure. This was not a There's well, another level. We can't play any better than that. I mean, like right. okay, perfect example. You mentioned earlier the the USC game in two thousand five. Notre Dame could not have played better that game. No. They just USC was just better. I mean, they just had better dudes, right? And so at the end of the day, no matter how hard Notre Dame battled, no matter how well they played, at the end of the day, USC was just better team. Sure. I felt like Saturday was the reverse of that, where Clemson was Notre Dame and Notre Dame was USC, where Clemson could not – I mean, imagine if, if you know, the, the, the quarterback would have thrown another pick or, or if Notre Dame's pass rush had been a little bit better, you know, or, you know, then it's a blowout the well, other they're way. They're able to score touchdowns instead of field goals. Right. Just- so, to me, it was like Notre Dame's miscues allowed Clemson to get back in the game and then like champions sure. do – you know, Clemson, you, you, you don't give us a chance to get back in it. We're, we're, going, we're going to take advantage. Sure. And, and that's what was nice to see about last night's game, Vince, because the point is there's hopefully, and, and I think they will, Clark Lee and his staff and the offensive coaches and their staff, it's that, it's that hey, guys, I loved your heart, loved how you played, I loved the, the poise. But you know what? We've got some stuff we got to clean up. Well, and they know it too, because, right. and that's, again, that's the best part about winning a game where you make some mistakes is it's so much easier to clean those yeah. up. You know, yeah. it's so much easier because you'd be like, look guys, we just played the number one team yeah. in the country, but you know, it was not a perfect right. game. You know that there was mistakes. Let's go clean those up and take it, our play to a whole other level. And no matter how much you may say we want to win a national title, at the end of the day, Vince, 
you don't really you need to see yourself a bit able to win Absolutely. some of those games. And so now you say, okay, how how do they handle this? But anyway, let's get to the defense first because yeah, that was a really that that was to me the most fun part of this game to watch was and the because it was yeah. the good it was that was the good on good battle and yeah. it was a lot of fun to watch. It was a lot of fun to watch, and I and I you know if you just look at the box score and you you look at the the passing numbers for example mm-hmm. by by DJ. It, you know that's the most passing yards against Notre Dame of all time mm-hmm. and all the history of Notre Dame no quarterback has thrown for that many yards so you look at that you're like oh defense didn't have a very good day mm-hmm. well that's not really the case yep. you clearly didn't watch the game so let, let's start at the front let's start with the pass rush and and uh well there's there's two parts of the front right there's pass rush mm-hmm. and then there's run defense run defense was I mean they shut <laughs> down the best yeah. running back in the country shut him down fewest yards rushing for Clemson since 2011 think about that and that was before Travis they were good right correct I mean, Travis Etienne's fewest games as a starter and, and think about this he had 28 yards on 18 carries what does first carry go for like 10 I think 10 yeah that means his next 17 carries for he gained 18, 18 yards yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's and look he got he caught eight passes for 57 yards so 26 touches Travis Etienne didn't even get to 90 yards and, and it, that was such an important piece of it because again it was going to be one of those things where Notre Dame said if you're going to beat us you're gonna have to beat us with a freshman quarterback and as good as that kid played on Saturday it wasn't good enough to beat him correct when the game was on the line twice twice the game was on the line that was them their ability to run the clock out in the fourth quarter which they couldn't do because Notre Dame dominated him up front in the run game right. and forced him to pass and he couldn't make it and then the second overtime and, and um, you know, to me, when you look at the run defense, uh, it, it, it's been this way all year long. I mean, outside of the, the, the Florida State game, which, again, that was the bad performance where they gave up 150 yards. Right, right. <laughs> which is like 15 yards less than what Brian Van Gorder gave up over the course of three years on average. Stop That's it. their bad game. Um, <laughs> you know, it's been brilliant. It, it truly has been brilliant. And they've done it against really – I mean, think about this. This stretch of football that they're on as a rush defense, which is now, uh, was it up to 13 games, 12 okay. against non-option teams, they've played A.J. Dillon, Javion Hawkins, uh, the kid from per- Iowa State whose name escapes me, at Breezy Hall, and Travis Etienne. That's some dudes. No, absolutely. And they're holding teams dudes. to under 100 yards. And, and uh, the kid from uh... – Kid from uh, was it from, the kid from Pitt? No, Georgia Tech. The kid from yes. Georgia Tech, Jameer Gibbs. Correct. He's, he's gonna correct. be. He's, he's a really good, good player. Yeah. So I mean, it's really been impressive. And, and again, when you can, what what is what has always been true? If you can run the ball and stop the run, you got a chance to be really good. Absolutely. Notre Dame can run the ball and they can and stop, stop the, run. the run. And I think it's especially true for some programs. I think I think I think Alabama can recruit the level of skill players that allows them to, to build a championship team on a predominantly throwing football team. Yeah. I think at Notre Dame with their, the, the, just where they are and, and the recruits that they can draw from, they can get big time receivers, but I don't think they can get Will Fuller, Michael Floyd and Chase Claypool on the same roster. Right. Which is right. what Alabama can do. Sure. Um, you know, so, so you have to have that, that element of you're always going to recruit great, great linemen. You're always going to recruit great tight ends. You can recruit good backs. Um, you're you're going to rec- be able to recruit good quarterbacks. 
you got to develop them. That's a different conversation. But, you know, so you got to be a team that can win in the trenches. And that's on both sides of the ball. And we saw, we've seen that from the front. And we saw it again last night. I thought Kurt Hines played a great game. I thought the two veteran ends as run defenders were brilliant the entire game. I mean, their ability to set the edge, uh, their ability to just be physical and just yeah. throw off. I mean, it was either they were forcing, e- forcing ETN to cut way too soon or they were forcing him to bounce. Mm-hmm. And either one is a win. When, you're, when your linebackers are as athletic as Notre Dame's linebackers are, bouncing as soon is as good. you bounce, ball Done. Game. It's over. It's oh, over. and then if you can somehow get outside the linebackers, there's this kid named Kyle Hamilton. He's going to clean everything up. Take, you know, 20 yards and four steps. Some of the I, plays that he made, and they, they, and they highlighted it on the TV copy, mm-hmm. but filling a hole in the run game at the line of scrimmage from the safety position, yeah. the, the, the speed comes from he, such depth that, oh like, so, goodness. to your point, Vince, for Clemson safeties to do that, they got to line them up at seven yards. Correct. Notre Dame right. can line Kyle Hamilton up at 12, 13, 14 yards, and he can still fill. And we saw that with Jeremiah Wusu on some blitzes. He can blitz from further back than most people can right. blitz from because he's so explosive. And so uh, – and, and then here's the other thing too, Vince. I, I have said at times Notre Dame has the best 10-man defense in the country. <laughs> right? It's the puck linebacker has been a problem. May okay? a couple time. No, not some media call time. It's he has little... played terrible. No, no, no. This point. I mean, he, what he did against Clemson doesn't mean he all of a sudden played better than we thought he played in the previous games. I'm not what saying that. What he said that. was, I don't know what they're seeing in practice from him that's right. making them play him Saturday. It was that. We saw it. And, and it I was, talked to, it was that. Yeah, I talked to somebody uh, tonight, and they said that um, the coaches kind of threw down the gauntlet with Shane and said, hey, you know, like we keep throwing you out there. We believe in you, but but you're you know, making us look stupid. You got you got to step up. We're gonna find somebody else to do it. And Shane said, "Okay, you 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 want to see what I can do? I'll show you." And we saw it from the beginning. I mean, first oh. drive of the game, third and one. He 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 flows. He sees the open hole and just explodes downhill. Tra- hits Travis Etienne in the backfield. Blows it up. Saw it, a blitz. You know, it was one of the. He's not instinctive. You know, he he just he he doesn't play instinctive. And the blitz where he – I think a couple of series later, he blitzes and, and, and the QB tries to throw behind him and he jumps up, bats it down, bats right? It down, yeah. Bats down a pass intended for Amari Rodgers, who had a great game yesterday. Uh, bats down a third down throw for him. His physic, he was instinctive. He was beating guys to the point of attack. And that's what you expect to see from Shane Simon. Yes. He's the best linebacker, a buck, they've had since this kid named Jalen Smith. Just pure no question. I'm not yeah, saying no he's a question. better player the Drew Tranquil. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he's a better athlete. All right. And that's saying something because Drew Tranquil's a pretty good athlete. No doubt. So he's on an NFL roster. But he just so. wasn't a good football player. Last night he played, or Saturday night, he played like a good football player. Yeah. And and that's I mean, because if, if you're if you've been as good as you have been so far this season with terrible buck linebacker production. Right. If he can build on this, oh man. Now you're seeing something because yes. You know, and it wasn't just blitz. I just thought I thought what they were going to do. Honestly, I thought they were just going to blitz him the whole game because that's when he was good. That's right. In the first five games is when and, he didn't have to think about it. And he did it. blitz. Just but go. Uh, the plays he made that I was most impressed with were plays where he had to read, Correct. he had to read, he had to step, read, and 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 attack. He had a nose for he the football that. last night no that question. he has not had all season because. You know, there's only so much that you can see when you're watching it live. And we've gone back, mm-hmm. and I, I was taking a look at it. And 
he was around the football more than we've mm-hmm. seen all yeah. year long. And it was, and that it was, was fun to so watch. good to see. Yeah. It was so good to see yeah. because that is no – in that game, and of course we hope it, it, it's that way moving forward, but as a play caller on the defensive side, that allows you to do so much more mm-hmm. because they were having to kind of overplay that side right. with, uh, with Kyle Hamilton. Right. Now you don't necessarily have to do that. Right. Can you imagine – I mean – bringing Kyle Hamilton and Jeremiah Wusukormo on the same side, you know, I mean, yeah. that, that, that's, there's so many things you can do if the buck position of Shane Simon right. is playing the way he played in this game. And if you can get that, here's the other thing it helps because we talked about the pass rush. Here's what I'll say about Notre Dame's pass rush. It's a very, it's proven to be a very clutch when they needed to step up and make a play. They've done it. Saw it against Georgia tech last sure. week. We saw it on Saturday, you know, but there was also a lot of snaps on Saturday where the pass rush just didn't, didn't get home on both yeah. of the 50-yard plays. Because here, here's, right. the, here's the big fear that was like with Clemson is, I'm afraid they're going to make the big plays to keep him in the game. And they did that sure. on Saturday. I mean, they had yeah. a 50-some-yard th- touchdown early on. They had another 50-yard throw that set up a touchdown. I think I had him down for like eight plays of over 20, over 22 yards. It's too many. Uh, they, scored a t- they scored. They got points on every drive that they had a pass of over 20 yards. They also had two completions on third and longs that moved the chains. Uh, so they just, they gave up too much. And, and at times it was, it was the pass rush just gave the, and when you, when you have a quarterback that talented and receivers as talented as Clemson sure. receivers, when you give them that much time, they're going to make plays. Right. Uh, and I thought there were some mistakes by the Notre Dame secondary, but at times it's just like, you can't guard that guy forever, you know? Um, they, and, and look, that's what we Cle- saw. Clemson may not have household names, uh, you know, at every position. Like there's but no Justin Ross or T. Higgins, right? No, there's, there's not, not. But right. there's talent. They're there. good. They're, they're, they're good. good okay, they're, they're good. a lot like Notre Dame. Notre Dame doesn't have a Chase Claypool, but Javon McKinley can play. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, um, you know, is he going to be a first round pick? No, no. Beck is a good college football player, and that's how Clemson is. Like Cornell Powell's not not all of a sudden Justin Ross or T. Higgins. Well, he's a fifth year good senior, football player. I'm pretty sure he's been. Mark Rogers is a pretty good football player. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the point, Vince, is if you can't get pressure on the quarterback, it, it's going to hurt you. Now, here's, here's why I say Shane Simon stepping up. If he can build on that and continue – because that's the question for Ian Book. It's a question sure. for, you know, Javon McKinley. It's a question for, uh, you Avery know, Shane Davis. Simon, Avery yeah. Davis. It's a, a lot of these guys. It's, okay, can you build on this? Can you do this now moving forward consistently? Because that's how we're going to compete for a championship when you're, when you're looking at it from the coach's standpoint. So can he build on this? Can he do this again next week against Boston College? Can he do it against North Carolina? Because if he can, then now you have a weapon now that you didn't have your first six games. And that allows you to maybe dial up some more sure. pass blitzes, knowing yep. that Shane Simon can protect himself a buck. Can you now dial up some more pressures with a Wusu sure. or Drew White or Kyle Hamilton to help protect you from the fact that you're not getting the kind of pass rush right. you need from your front four? Yep. Uh, and, and so that that's why that that matters. And, and so, uh, but overall, outside of you know just not consistently getting pass rush, Notre Dame was clearly clearly superior to Clemson in the trenches. And that's not going to change when they play in se- December nineteenth. No, you're right. That's not going to change. Yeah. I, I thought Kurt Heinisch had a. That, that we talked about the fact that the interior of the the Clemson def- or offensive line could be a place where Notre Dame could take some advantage. And I mm-hmm. think they absolutely mm-hmm. did that. I, I, I thought 95 and 41 for Notre Dame just got tremendous yeah. push up the front, up, you know, up the middle and just disrupted yeah. the, the run game all night long. If you go back and watch the game, what you'll see is a big reason why Clemson couldn't run the ball 
So there's this thing that you say as a coach, Vince, you know this. It's you need to reset the line of scrimmage. And both mm -hmm. sides of the ball are trying to do that. Absolutely. The offensive line is trying to reset it in their favor. So basically, <laughs> and Notre Dame's offensive line did that all night yeah. long. And here's what that means, right? So if, if the offensive line comes off the ball and pushes the defensive line two yards down the field, Mm -hmm. And the running back gets hit at the at the where the line is, then he gained two yards. Correct. And, and a lot of times, the reason he'll gain more is because now he can stay on his track, right? So if his aiming points the inside hip of the tight end, he can stay on that, and now he can stay it even further, which then forces the defense to commit, which means he can now bounce later or make his cut later. When you when you stalemate or you get knocked back, not only does when you hit the line, you're now back, but also now you have to make your decision a lot faster which means once a running back bounces or cuts, the defense now knows that's where he's going, rally to the ball. Right. And so that's why it's so important to get that push to reset the line of scrimmage. And if you watch the game, you're going to see that the entire game was played at or behind the line of scrimmage, mm -hmm. almost the entire game. That is dominance. And, and no, the defensive tackles didn't make a lot of plays themselves because – they don't – yeah, they're not yeah. Jerry Tillery. So, so, right. But they are why so many other guys made plays. Correct, correct. And that's what was – I mean, it was just an outstanding performance. And, again, there's some things the defense has to clean up. Tackling was not good in the game Saturday. It, open field some tackling. of it was Clemson's got good athletes. Some of it was just – you know, Jeremiah Wusu, I think, twice had just – he was going for a knockout instead of wrapping up. Um, angles weren't good, I thought. I thought the safety play at times on the deep coverage was not good. I thought Kyle Hamilton had a really bad angle uh, playing middle of the field on one of the throws down near the end zone. So there were some mistakes that were made. But, again, when they needed to make a play, they stepped up and made a play. Yeah. I mean, uh, like a, a play that may not go noticed after the two sacks. Clemson's in a third and 24. They hit the tight end up the seam. Sean Crawford doesn't worry about trying to pick it off. He just – which, again, what was this mistake he made against Pitt two weeks ago? The ball was in the air, and he tried to time it, you know, but against Clemson, he just – and drilled the guy and knocks it out. Now, listen, if you go back and look at that, that would have been about a 13, 14-yard gain. So, now it's fourth and 10 or 11 as That's opposed to fourth and 24. Difference. Now, does that mean it would have been easy for him? No. No. But fourth and 11 well, – let's just say this. <laughs> your playbook on fourth and 24 is a lot shorter and smaller than your playbook on fourth and 10. Oh, no, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and then also on fourth and 24, the odds of you doing something that's going to draw a penalty are a lot less too. Whereas a fourth and 10, you can hit a quicker throw that maybe they're trying to close on. And sure. No, whereas on fourth and 24, you want to complete a pass of 10 yards, have at it. Right. right. And that's what they um, did. I mean, they, exactly. they did about 10 yards. Yeah. Exactly. So they're just plays like that, Vince. It was just one of the things that I talked about in my keys to the game. And you, I think you and I talked about this in the podcast last week is to win a game like this. Your dudes have to be dudes. Yes. And at the end of the day, that's what happened at Notre Dame. Clemson's dudes were dudes also. They were. But I, I will say this. Notre Dame on Saturday night had more dudes. And two years ago when this game was played oh. out, and this is what we talked about before the game, as good as the Notre Dame defense was in 2018, their dudes were all up front. I mean, Tranquil, Coney, good football players. Jalen Elliott, Elohi Gilman, good football players. Troy Pride, Julian Love – good football players. And, and as much as they, I love those kids and they're good players, they were all third, fourth, fifth, sixth-round draft picks, right? Notre Dame this, in this game had, had first-round draft picks at linebacker and safety. 
you know, and, and, and to me, that's the difference. And, and on offense. So, so in a big game like this, your dudes have to be better than their dudes. And I right. think on both sides of the ball, at the end of the day, Vince, Notre Dame's dudes were better than Clemson's dudes. And, and, yep. and uh, that's something as a Notre Dame fan that has to have you pretty excited, you know, well, to, we haven't to been say, able to say that in a long yeah, time. Yeah. And we didn't really know if that was going to be true because it's kind of hard to, when you're playing Duke and South Florida and, and Florida State, who stinks, and I mean, they got spanked by Pitt this weekend. Pitt's not any good. They didn't have right. their starting quarterback. Georgia Tech's right. young and talented, but they're they're young and talented. A couple spots. They just haven't played anybody good. So it's kind of like, how good are they really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we found out Saturday night. Right. They're really good. And and as we said, was Clemson the number one team in the country without Trevor Lawrence? No, but they were third <laughs> or fourth. Right. They're still right? really good. <laughs> you know and look, I mean? no. no. <laughs> It was a big deal that Notre Dame beat the number one team in the country, yeah. right? It's a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what's their record against top 10 teams? Like the last 10 times they've played them, I think it's 0-10. Yeah. So Clemson without Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. still fits in that category. Yeah. So this is still a right. program win for Without Notre Trevor Dame. Lawrence, still the best team that Notre Dame's beat under yeah. Brian Kelly. The only team that I would say maybe comes close, and I don't even think it's then, is is maybe the 2012 Stanford team. But that 2012 Stanford team didn't really start getting hot till later in the year. Sure. Which is why they weren't in the top 10 when they played right. that year. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, so, so again, Notre Dame has battled with some really good teams. You know, Clemson 2015, uh, Florida State 2014, yeah. Yeah. Georgia 2017. The yeah. difference in this game is in those games, Notre Dame played their butts off and just wasn't quite good enough. In this game, it was the other team that played their butt off but just wasn't quite good enough. Yep. Now, will that be different in December 19th? Yeah. The question is, no doubt. will Notre Dame make the improvements that they're capable of? You know, because I say, well, Clemson will be different on December 19th. Well, we're going to find out the next month if Notre Dame will be too. Yeah. Do they use this as a springboard to take to the, to get to the next level? And then to me, that's the, the ultimate takeaway. And the, other, the final piece is, in a game like this, you can't have big mistakes in, in special teams. And outside of, you know, kicking out of bounds a couple times, um, special teams played great. And Jack, Jack Lamb <laughs> – on kick coverage was an absolute monster that was uh, so the, the kick coverage teams were unbelievable yeah. in this game i mean I, you know you, you, you when you talk about special teams you hope that it's a draw yeah. right i mean and and if you can get a big play from your special teams great mm-hmm. but you're hoping for a draw and and i really do think that's how notre dame's coaches look at it. that's why matt mm-hmm. salerno is catching punts i mean right. you're hoping for a draw mm-hmm. and i thought the coverage teams were outstanding mm-hmm. because they didn't yeah. get a chance to return any kicks. They right. were all they were all touchbacks. Right. Uh, but the coverage teams were outstanding. They they were right. in tough field position right. the entire game, and that makes a difference. It does uh, against this team. defense, it absolutely yeah. does. And that's yeah. what I say. If Notre Dame can limit the big plays the next time they play, it's going to be a different outcome. Yeah. And, and that's what great teams do, right? Vince, you play well in all three phases of the game, and I think for the most part, you know, Notre Dame was far from perfect. But they played, they played well in all three phases of the game. And, no and they doubt. never backed down. And at the end of the day, they, they made more plays. And that's yep. why right now, as we go into this next week of the season, Notre Dame is 7-0 and and the number two team in the country. The Crazy. highest they've been ranked since uh, the end. The last time Notre Dame was ranked in the top two was actually the final week of the regular season in 2012. Because remember, they didn't get the number one ranking until right. going into the USC game at the end of the year. Yeah, so this right. is the, and they they got up to number three in 2018. They got up to number three in, in 2017. They've never got up to number two, and now you say you got through that, you slayed that dragon. So now mm-hmm. you just got to handle your business these next four games, 
and then you you get your you get your rematch. And that's easier said than done. This this November slate that's left is is um you know I don't want to say it's a gauntlet, but it's harder competition than you face in the first six games. It's challenging but manageable. Correct. That's how I'd Correct. say it. Notre Dame's better than the next four teams are going to play. No doubt. They're all going to be challenging. And and how and, and that's the thing we'll talk about during the week is is how do they handle success? So Correct. Notre Dame has has proven that they can they can play as the underdog. Sure. But now, now, but here's the thing. Now that you beat Clemson, now you're the hunted. And, and, and that's going to include December 19th. You're the I, hunted now. They are the hunted. And I, and I will say that I think this team can handle it. I, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I think this team yeah. can handle it. I really do. So, Based on know, what we'll, they did last night. I, yes. I, it's, yes, I agree with you. Absolutely. We'll find out on so. Saturday in, yeah. in, 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 when they go play Boston College. But, yeah, yeah I mean, no doubt. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a fun game, Vince. It was a great yes, game between two teams. Yes, and, it was. Um, you know, I was impressed with how Brian Kelly had this team prepared and, and how they handled yeah. business. And, and it was, as a fan of college football, it was a great, great experience to see yeah. the crowd rush the field. It was pretty awesome. It was. Um, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. And, uh, you know, it's, look, this is the game we've been waiting on, man. We said Notre Dame's going to get another chance. What are you going to do they with will. it? And, yeah. and, they, and they absolutely took advantage. They, they, they got that big win. and It felt good, man. It just, felt, go. it just yeah. felt really good. And I yeah. – you know, NBC reported uh, on Sunday that it was the top-ranked uh, Notre Dame game on NBC in the last 15 years. Since the since the AKA USC Notre Dame game USC back in Notre 2005. Dame, right. And so, it, by a lot. I mean, yes. by a lot, too. I yeah. mean, some of the numbers I saw on that were like, oh, boy. And that includes, you know, Georgia when they came to right. town in 17. And, right. Um, they, that includes some big games. So, uh, that's saying something. I mean, this was a big game. This was the biggest game in college football up to this yeah. point. There's no question yeah. in my mind. And uh, the best part is we get to see it again, uh, in theory, as long as everybody takes care of their business. Actually, you, you missed the best part, Vince. Do you oh, mind me I? correcting you before we wrap up? No, that's fine. The best part is that Notre Dame beat the number one team in the country on the same day that Indiana spanked Michigan. <laughs> that was great. We, you know, <laughs> we, we were doing uh, the game day show on WSBT mm-hmm. that you are not kind enough to join us on. And I had that game on like mm-hmm. off camera and mm-hmm. I'm watching it. And we were talking, we talked to old Notre Dame players uh, and, and we were talking to uh, Robbie Toma and Carlo Calabrese and Chris Zorich. And, and I was like, Hey guys, I've got the game on over here. I said, it's a great day. Any day that Michigan's getting yeah. spanked and they ever spanked. You a man, they're like, absolutely. This is Spanked. great. Spanked. They didn't great. just lose to Indiana. Oh, they got smacked by Indiana. It was fantastic. And then you thought, hey, you know, maybe Michigan State's not as bad as they looked against Rutgers. Yeah, they are. No, no. They're, they just they're got that destroyed bad. by Iowa. Oh, and two Iowa, I believe, right? Yeah, they're, they're that bad. They're for, 49-7, I think is yeah, what it was. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. And uh, Michigan got curb stomped by Indiana. It was great. Oh, I just, it was a good I, day. I mean, it was just a – It was a great day. It's a great day for college It was a great football, football day, no question about yes, it. Yes, no yeah, doubt It was about a fun that. day. So, yes, yeah, so Notre Dame beat the number one team in the country. Michigan got smashed by Indiana. That's right. It's a good day to be a Hoosier, buddy. That's all I'm going to say. It's a good day to live in the Hoosier state. You got that right. I actually say that. So make sure you guys stay locked into irishbreakdown.com. Make sure you, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, that's awesome. Get your friends to subscribe. If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, uh, thanks for finding us. Uh, make sure if you don't know about our YouTube channel, get in there. Smash the, yeah. the subscribe button, buddy. Hit that subscribe button. We're, we're throwing all kinds of material out on the YouTube channel from here on out. So, uh, and then, of course, all the analysis and the breakdowns on, on uh, irishbreakdown.com. So everything's coming your way. Boston College is coming up, so we'll have all of that preview. Uh, I'll have a preview on Wednesday. Uh, in is there theory. any kind of interesting storyline 
this Boston College game? My, you know, I did. We want may to bring talk it up. about it during the week. We'll Just talk about it during yet. the week. Yeah, there's a there's a little storyline out there that they've got a pretty decent quarterback. Uh, who and this that's team might that's be not even with. the biggest storyline. I'm gonna have no? an article out uh, oh this week, Vince. Where okay, this is the op- this week is the opportunity for redemption. Okay, when was the last time Notre Dame beat a number one team? Uh, 1993. What happened a week later? Yeah, well, they lost at Boston College, so. So this isn't redemption uh, for Brian Kelly or – I mean, not, no. there's not a player on the team that was alive. It's, it's for uh, this, you This and is me. redemption for <laughs> Notre Dame Nation. This uh, is redemption for Notre Dame yes, Nation. Absolutely. And, and And it's going to tell us a lot about this football no team. No doubt. So make sure I you agree. stay well, – all the BC content yep. this week will be out. And, of course, you will have an opponent insider with A.J. Black this week who runs the BC site for uh, Sports Illustrated. does a great job. So we'll have him. And then, of course, you and I will be back on when on Thursday. Yep. To preview Notre Dame and Boston College, but we'll, we'll have some that, videos and all kinds of fun stuff too. We're going. I'm going to enjoy this this one for just a, a few more hours before I dive into the BC film. I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to enjoy this victory over Clemson. Just a absolutely. Just a little bit longer. Yep. So make sure you guys stay locked in, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Go Irish. <laughs>